I've always felt very much isolated on an island where I have to create my own rules, my own boundaries, my own definition for success, my own definition for how I love myself. And so when you're an island, you go as far as you can. What they say, you have to go, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. I go fast. Fast is easy. I got fast, but I want to go far. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. This is where high achievers and leaders come to work healthier, not harder. Where hustle culture zigs, we zag so you can thrive in your career, health, and relationships. My name is Carly Fain. I'm a celebrity business and boundary coach, and whether I'm working with Grammy award-winning artists, professional athletes, Fortune 50 CEOs, or just folks that enjoy both progress and the present moment, my intention is to make sure that you have both a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly, and I am always to be delighted to be gathering with you today. I know you could be a lot of places, and I don't take it for granted that you choose to be here in a space where we get to make sure you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. And this season, we're doing that specifically by paving a roadmap to rest and regeneration for high achievers. But what if you're like many folks? And you find the trope rest suggestions like, oh, you should take some power naps or you should learn how to meditate or just sit still more. You find that those are the moments when your brain actually gets extra active. Well, then you might dig today's guest. Today, you're going to get to hear how our guest gets respite in rather unconventional ways. I can't wait for you to find out where it is that she finds restoration and regeneration and also to see if it opens any doors for how you uniquely find more pockets of peace and rest too. I immediately think about the extensive research that Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith has done on the seven types of rest and how physical rest is actually only one of them. And just know that I've got some links here to any research I mention or folks I mentioned in this episode, if they speak to you and you want to go a little deeper, it's right in the show notes wherever you're listening. What Dr. Sandra Dalton is talking about is that for many of us, rest isn't about naps. For many of us, rest is a lot closer to the concept of flow state. Now, maybe you've heard of flow state. This was a phrase that was popularized by positive psychologist Michaeli Csikszentmihalyi and Janine Nakamura. This idea of being in a flow state is where under the right conditions, we become fully immersed in whatever it is that we're doing. It reminds me of what the Greeks called kairos, this sense of time where we're not replaying about the past and we're not prepping for the future. Rather, we're having the respite that comes along with being present. And in their research, they interviewed a variety of self-actualized, high-performing people. These were folks like mountain climbers and chess players and ballet dancers and surgeons. And they discovered some similarities in their flow state. They noticed that a flow mental state is more likely to happen during challenging and engaging activities rather than necessarily just putting their feet up, which for the record, I am also a fan of you just putting your feet up. (laughs) What they found was that engagement and concentration are key in achieving flow state, a place where we feel a lot more satisfied and fulfilled. 
And so it's easy when we think about rest and self-care for this idea to imply that it's just about one person, you. And you could see how it's easy when we talk about rest and self-care and flow state that these terms could accidentally be misconstrued to imply that it's just about one person, you. But actually, that doesn't tell the whole story. As we move through our lives, we're supported by stilts. I think about it like this, like a house on the water. You might not always be able to see them holding you up, but you couldn't be there without them. Those stilts are the hands of your community. They are the friends, the families, the partners, the pets. Some are just ships passing in the night while others remain steadfast in our lives. Particularly when the seas feel choppy and life changes course with little warning, these stilts act like steady hands. They become our path to sanctuary. They keep us connected to our values like roots, and they are what guides us back home to ourself and better decisions. So in this way, our self-care and our community care are inextricably linked. You've probably heard me say before, I'm not a self-made woman. (laughs) I am proud about being able to say that. And I only came to that realization while standing on the stage with one of my high-performing A-list clients who would talk every night about how that they were a self-made man. And I would think, are you kidding me? I flew here in a plane with you with 12 other members of your immediate entourage. There's more than 200 people here setting up the stage. There's even more people than that who are helping run your businesses. (laughs) You're not self-made. You work super hard. You're very dedicated. But this is a team effort. And I think of one of my dear clients, Emily. She always says the same thing, that she is proud to be grateful for all the people in her community, those who are there regularly and those who she just gets to meet one time, who have given her an idea an insight, some support along the way. Because if resting is hard for us, but we know we need more, it is often because we need more support. And having the support bolsters both us and our community. So how do you know? Who's a safe harbor, right? Who's going to bolster your ability to get rested and get more resourced when you're in stormy seas? How do you create your own sturdy base of support and support your community at the same time? Well, this week, I'm inviting you to take respite in the wisdom of Tanika Ray. She is a pop culture and lifestyle specialist with a uniquely holistic view of the cross sections of our culture, specifically around rest. And due to her unapologetic and unique take on Hollywood living, you might have seen her on shows like Good Morning America, The Today Show, The View, CNN, Larry King, or also her podcast, Mama Stay which is like a sanctuary for the mommy collective. This is where Tanika fosters community and she amplifies wellness and self-care and life lessons through unapologetic boundaries. And in this episode, you're going to hear how becoming a mother profoundly shifted Tanika's perspective about what's important and how it actually changed her definition of rest. She shares some very detailed insights from her upbringing, telling the story of her search for authentic community and her truth starting from the inside out. And look, I'm not a mother. So parenting or not, what Tanika shares is applicable to any of us that are bringing something we care about into the world. What Tanika points out is that rest can often feel like a defiant act of self-care, but our sanctuary requires stilts. 
It requires support. So if you're ready to find sanctuary and claim the space you need to come home to yourself, then this episode and this community are for you. We're going to cover a few main things. But number one, why community is an important part of creating sanctuary, especially for those of us who are used to going it alone. How parenting or bringing anything important into the world can change your worldview. Why sourcing validation is actually an inside-out kind of job. And then number four, Tonika talks about why the definition of rest is so highly personal. And finally, we're going to get to the roots of why our fears around rest tend to bubble up when we slow down and what to do about it. And if you haven't caught it already, I want to make sure that you know that I've created a roadmap for rest and regeneration for high achievers that goes along with this season. And it goes deeper into every episode. It gives you with prompts and guidance and tools to hear your own best wisdom. It is totally free. I highly encourage yourself to give you the respect you deserve and hop on over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Download your free copy. I promise it will be a lamp and a ladder on your path to feeling more resourced. All right. With no further ado, here is Tanika Ray. With keeping the idea of rest in mind, what is one thing in your head or your heart that wants to be heard today? Because mm. rest really is at the top of my priority list. I think what wants to be heard is keep going. Keep going is a big thing right now because our whole worlds are shifting. And so what we used to know as the grind has to change because the world no longer looks the way it used to, right? So I just read a meme this morning. You, we can't parent the way our parents parented because that world no longer exists. And so that's very much where we are. The milestones that we used to be able to depend on don't exist anymore. So keep going. And sometimes where you're going is unknown. All I know is that that way, backwards, I've done that. Over there, maybe, and maybe to the right and to the left, but I have to wait until I get that sign or that communication from universe, God, spirit, my intuition, one of those, that's the only thing that's going to be my navigator right now. But I'm just going to keep one foot in front of the other. I'm going to keep working on my podcast. I'm going to keep thinking about how I can expand my podcast and have supplementary things, maybe events outside, how to build community, how to expand my email list. Like it's constant. But as long as I do something, spirit, we win. Just keep going, baby. Oh, thank you for that. I think I love your reference to we're operating in a different paradigm. And maybe the rules that used to apply don't apply in the same way or the decisions or the processes or the amount of rest that was allowed doesn't apply in the same way right now. And that sounds like such intentional thinking. Like to pause and consider, okay, what actually makes sense for me right now? And I'm curious for you because I read, I was reading your your LinkedIn profile earlier today and you mentioned, you know, my entire life blew up when I had a baby and I knew I needed community. And so here you go, you decided to create an entire community around, you know, this, this blow up. 
Talk to me about how community makes a difference when it comes to creating sanctuary for yourself. I just want to say off of what you said, rest is revolutionary. A hundred percent. Yeah, it is. And I always felt like I was a little girl on an island. I am a daughter of a very successful father and mother in a time where I was first generation out of civil rights. So there weren't that many people I can look at and be like, reflection. It was the Cosby show. I was like, oh. And then I had to have my heart broken and learn that most of people that look like me thought that was fake. And I was like, no, that's that was my life. So I've always felt very much isolated on an island where I have to create my own rules, my own boundaries, my own definition for success, my own definition for how I love myself. And so when you're an island, you go as far as you can. What they say, you have to go, if you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. I go fast. Fast is easy. I got fast, but I want to go far. And I feel like I've gone as far as I can go by myself. And so that goes for a relationship, marriage. I've turned down two and a half marriages because it was like weird. I, I don't want to have to depend on you. I can, I know how to depend on myself. I don't know how to depend on somebody else outside of like my dad, who's my rock. And so then I had to realize like now a human's coming out of me. What the holy, all the cuss words. <laughs> there is no, there, nobody's prepared. It, it's the most bananas experience on the planet. And all I could, had to do was worry about myself and my soul and my, you know, wellness. Now I have to do that for two people. Two whole people. And we talk about, oh, you know, CEOs. It's like really caring for two whole people, A to Z. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to make my heart expand to the point where I don't feel jealous or I don't feel like something's taken from me. And there's a lot of parallels to what we're going through in society right now, right? We are having a baby right this second, the world. So community felt safe in a weird way for the first time. What I, I joined this group called Mocha Moms. It was Black Moms in LA. We went to the park every Wednesday with our babies and they played and we talked about, are your nipples, you know, are they cracking? <laughs> are you exhausted? And just those simple conversations and seeing our mirrors was just the biggest deep relief because you feel like you're going crazy sometimes. You're so tired. You're by yourself. Or even if you're married or have a partner, those moments of feeding and getting through the day is still so lonely, except for that child who's doing really nothing, even though we love them so much, but taking technically, right? They take, they take, they take, you give, you give. And it is the, it is boot camp for what's the rest of our lives. Because once you have a child, you only you're in the giving fate, like give, 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 give. And then you're like, well, where do I take? <laughs> because now I see the world from a completely different POV. Mm. Completely. What I used to think was important is no longer, and I can't even fake it. I don't care. So I have to define everything new. And community has been holding me up gently, gently. It's like two little linked arms. And what I call now my daughter's aunties. She has a world of aunties that love her. 
we're not religious, we're spiritual, but to have aunties. And if anything happens, go, go to your auntie, go to your auntie, go fi- figure it out. And I've had auntie parties where I just have my daughter and her aunties that I've become really close with over the years and they pour into her. We have to pour, like literally intentionally pour into our kids. Can you imagine being a child right now? What? We thought our, that, you know, elementary school was hard. They're going through a pandemic. They had to go through, you can't touch your friends. Now you can't hug your friends. Okay, watch out if they sneeze. I mean, it's all the things we were so casual about. We were in each other's faces and snot everywhere. You know, that was like what we did with our friends. And now our poor babies are like, whoa, they have boundaries. So community, we're all helping each other. We're leaning on each other. We can have faith in that, trust in that. And that feels less lonely. Oh, okay. There is so much in what you just said that I'm deeply appreciating. For some reason, the phrase pour in to our daughters but and pour into ourselves, pour into the community. There's something about that phrase that is so rich. I mean, it, it's, it's nourishment. It feels like a meal as you describe that. It's this feeding. I wonder, you know, for, for those listening who are thinking, okay, this is strange though. I have good friends or good colleagues or family, and yet I still feel alone. I still feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. What's the right question here? It's something about how do we discern what relationships feel like sanctuary? I love that you use the word sanctuary. Like, What are some of the key elements that provide for sanctuary versus maybe acquaintance or somebody we can share some time with or some parts of ourselves with, but maybe it's not the ones that pour into us. How do you discern sanctuary in a relationship? I love that question. This paradigm shift that you spoke about, that we briefly spoke about, has been happening for the last couple of years. This is in all the ancient books, this time period of our lives. Nobody can deny. And if you deny that things are will no longer be the same, that the new normal, we don't know what that is yet, then that's a whole other problem. We have to be willing to get into our truth. We have to be willing to get into what's real now. And I actually have let acquaintances go. And if they're meant to stay, they will stay. And it's not sad. I really, truly feel that this is a time where we've got to get down to the nitty. We have to get connect with the stuff that's real. Acquaintance is fine. I mean, there's there's levels of acquaintances. Sure, they're still there. But I don't necessarily have to expend energy into it. My energy is precious. I get to choose where my energy goes. And I want that to be with my inner circle. The people that hold me up, right? If I'm the little nucleus and they're around me, they're like Saturn rings. Acquaintances are like eight, nine rings out. So I don't need to really spin energy there. But the close circle, the people that even if I don't call and I go off the grid, which I happen to do a lot based on my trauma from my youth, I tend to isolate, go inward, go into my sanctuary Because as a kid, that's what I used to do. I grew up in a family that's brilliant, but they didn't want to talk about my emotions. So what I learned was go in my room. I put pictures of my favorite models and TV characters up on the wall. That was like my getaway. That was my safe place to dream. 
I actually dreamed right there. I was going to be a professional dancer. I was going to be on TV. Like that is a powerful place. And I think that this society teaches us to find our validation, to find, find our love in ourselves from the outside in. That is incorrect. We have got to get to a place where we define and we say we're okay from the inside out. The only person's opinion that matters on whether I'm doing well is me. Mm. And I know we live in a society with a lot of noise and the TV tells us, have you been experiencing this? Maybe you need this pill. There's so much coming at us to tell us that we're wrong. We've lost, we don't even know where the barometer is at this point. And if we keep, and somebody said something brilliant, there's a lot of parallels to parenting, which is the space that I, I operate in a lot. And somebody said, it was a mom saying, you know, I don't tell my son if he's wrong, if he's right, or what he likes, because I don't want him growing up and just hearing my voice telling him what he should do and what he shouldn't do, because that's not really rooted any place foundationally. It's a voice that his person that loves him the most said, but it's not rooted. It's not rock solid. I want my daughter's instincts and her intuition to develop. So if I want that for her, then I have to allow her to make messy mistakes. I have to allow her to be like, I know what I'm doing. Okay. And bump into a wall and make a, make a disaster. I have to be okay with that so that she can stand on her own. And I think that I'm encouraging all of us grown adults because we weren't taught that it's never too late to reconnect with yourself to go. What is, I literally took a year to go, what do I like? You know, I grew up with chicken. This is the easiest example. We're a chicken family. We're a good LA chicken family. We, you know, not chicken with skin on it. My mom was a, we're a chicken breast family. We, we eat it. <laughs> we thought we were doing well. We drank diet Coke. Well, we know about diet Coke now that it's awful for you. And I realized after 20, once I got through college, oh, I'm allergic to chicken. My body doesn't process chicken well. It took years of having stomach aches and digest, digestion issues to realize what my mother deemed as the perfect diet for our family didn't work for me. And that's okay for me to sit with myself and go, what do I like? What works for me? Where do I find my greatest self and where can I add things to my pile so that I can really elevate and expand? This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is a course I've had the honor to found and lead for years with a diverse council of boundary makers. So if you're tired of being tired and you're ready for more time, clarity, and joy, I hope you'll check it out at carlyfane.com. For the first time ever, you don't have to wait for enrollment. You can begin in the Boundary Academy right now and go at your own pace starting today. I hope you don't wait another moment to join women around the world and reclaim your best work, living, health, and relationships too. Oh, well, and there, I think this comes back to your earlier theme about being intentional for a moment. So great. I get that we're a chicken family and what actually works for my body, right? In that scenario, like what actually do I need? I get that culturally we've all 
adopted some agreements before COVID, but like what agreements make sense now? How am I going to show up now? And this idea of, gosh, there is a fierceness that is enlivening in the way you describe where you're going to put your energy in your relationships. What relationships are reciprocal? I think of a guest we've had on the show once, Susie Banks-Baum talked about being mutually met. Like what relationships where are we mutually met? Where I show up and you show up and we're there for each other in some capacity. And could I dare to lean back from the ones that aren't life-giving in this moment and to be my own barometer about when it's time to do that? There's something really powerful. And I'm, I'm curious for you, you know, around this theme of rest, you are a powerful model of being a mother, being a friend, you know, being part of the sisterhood, also, you know, running your own company, founding Mamaste. I'm sure there's plenty, you know, to fill your days. What does rest practically look like? Like, what does that look like in your world? How does respite show up? Oh, that's such a, it, that triggered me in a little bit. That triggered me because I don't sleep well. And I know that I need better sleep. So because the mind's constantly moving, which a lot of our minds are, there's a lot to think about. And it's it's a churning of ideas and thoughts and and put upon fears, right? Because if you're watching the news every day, there's fear, fears being thrown at your face constantly. So if you happen to, the TV happens to be on, then you'll be in, in the path. So for me, I've had to redefine even rest. And for me, sometimes rest is when my body is actively moving, intentionally moving. That is where I can do my meditation. That is where I can turn off my brain. That is where I can talk to God. It has been a mind shift that, okay, so most people think rest is lying down. For me, it's going to cardio bar. It's doing a class. That is rest because my body gets to breathe. My muscles get to take in oxygen and my everything gets to take a big inhale through the nose, exhale out the mouth. But when I'm lying still, I am robbed of that. I do not. I'm not able to do it. And I think it's just the noise in the atmosphere. And I don't think we should feel guilty for it. If you if you're if you need to rest by taking a Zumba class, girl, do that. Thank you for that and for pointing out that there are so many different types of rest. And what you just said, I think, is so powerful. Rest doesn't mean doing nothing. It doesn't mean sitting still, especially in those still moments, if that's when actually everything becomes wired and alive. What does it mean for me to rest? And if it's from one thing, meaning if I've been on my Zoom screen all day, a rest might be a walk outside. If I have been typing away at the computer for a long time, rest might be playing with my niece, my nephew, my whatever, right? Rest doesn't necessarily mean putting our feet up. And I love that we're dispelling the myth that if you're not, quote, sleeping enough or sleeping in the right way, that you're not doing self-care. It just comes back to this whole idea that you're bringing forward of what rules make sense now. I am the CEO of the rules I make for my life and living for what I do have purview over, which isn't everything, right? We don't get to choose everything, but of what I do have purview over, right? What choices am I making? And this brings me to so much curiosity about doing our two-way Q&A. Would you be willing to play that with us real quick, Tanika? I'm so curious what your first answer to this question is going to be. If you came with a warning label, what would it say? If Tanika came with the warning label? Yeah, if Tanika came with the warning label today, what would it say? I'm tough, soft in the middle, 
I love to love, but I will slice you to pieces if you betray me. Mm. I will activate my Indian goddess Kali. I am not Indian, but I connect with that. It's, it is fierce because I am so transparent and I realize that I do not walk the earth amongst a lot of people who live that way. I was in Hollywood and I'm so honest. I'm so, I'm, I don't connect with a representative. I come through as me always, whether I don't look very good that day, whether I feel like I'm the hot shit, whatever it is, I'm coming real. And so I demand that those people that are in my inner rings be that way. That is a non-negotiable for me. But that's something that that's important enough for me. I wish that, you know, we all have these deals that we make. And if you're that uncomfortable, if you find yourself uncomfortable, that's the only time you really make change. And so I grew up in a very fake environment here in Los Angeles with a lot of wealthy people. And I was just like, oh, my as a little girl, I'm like, but they're saying one thing, but that's not what I see in their eyes. Like people are very complex. So because I operate from a very honest transparent place. I am soft and cuddly. I'm fierce, but I will, if you come at me and you betray my trust, it's not going to be pretty. Mm. I am all the things like, there it is like a multifaceted, multidimensional human being. I am all these things. I am not just soft. I am not just fierce. I am all of it. Thank you for that. So based on this conversation we're having, I'm curious for you, what's a question you would ask a woman listening? What are you wondering about for them? I mean, I'm going to go to the tried and true. What are you scared of? There's an agenda to make sure we stay scared. I'll never forget. I think you would appreciate this story. I was at a Tony Robbins event. And I was in the front, I was sitting VIP, having a six-day event, which by the way, they're incredible events. You know, whether it, it, it lasts in your life, the ideologies or not, it's just a good boost to the soul. And he stood on stage and he was like, you know, he's talking about male-female dynamics. And he was like, men, you know, you, you, you're so bullish, you know, women out here, women, let me ask you, who out here is scared? Who out here is is nervous that they're gonna they can be attacked at any moment? And every woman raised their hand, except me. I'm talking 15,000 people. So half of that was women. And I was like, what? What are these women scared of? But then I've been searching for that answer. For me to be in this room, and, and mind you, the demographic was predominantly Caucasian, a couple Asians and Black, you know, it was a mixture of the world. And I'm looking at white women primarily, and I'm like, what are they scared of? When the whole world, from my perspective, is built up to keep them safe. If they don't feel safe, then how do I feel safe? And it it just brought on so many questions of our world now. And I still don't know the answer. And I think that's what I do on my pod a lot is let's let's break it down. Is it the stuff we're listening to? Because we are sponges. Please don't ever forget where. Yes, you've all heard it, whether you're spiritual or not. We're energy. 
We're sponges. So every single thing you listen to, you eat, you drink, you're near is absorbed into your sponge. So if you're hearing this toxic news program 24 hours a day, that's affecting you somewhere in your energy field. If you're eating, yes, I had a bad week of eating some Halloween candy. Lord have mercy. (laughs) I, I am feeling the repercussions of that. That fast. I'm like, oh, I feel a little doughy. Oh, my tooth hurts. Like it's constant. And so once we realize that we are precious, that we're allowed to consider ourselves precious, that we're allowed to be discerning about what is around our energy field, what's in our energy field, what touches our energy field, then I think we would be able to lose that fear. I think but you have to be, again, intentional about what you digest. Oh, it goes back to your earlier statement. I'm thinking about what am I pouring into my own cup, right? This is what I'm going to be making my work decisions, my family decisions, my friend decisions. But this information, what it is I'm pouring into my cup, what is it I'm feeding myself, literally, but also metaphorically, what am I listening to? What shows am I watching? What music? Who am I hanging out with? What are the ingredients that I'm giving myself to work with here? And what ingredients would I like to have? Yeah. So then here's the last question I've got for you. Even if other people disagree, what's one thing you know to be true? Well, I'm people always disagree. This is going to be really simple. That first inkling of a notion is true. Mm. See something we're like, oh, and then we talk ourselves out of it. Well, it can't be that because of this. And it can't be that because what they said, and it can't be that. And then we're all the way back. We betray our own eyes. We betray our own ears because we have been taught that we don't know anything. Everybody else has the answers. And that is the, I think, the number one problem of where we are right now as a society. You know you, I know me. That doesn't mean we align on everything. But if everybody can stay steadfast in knowing exactly what they're seeing and hearing, Without all the narratives and the societal noise, it would be a whole different planet. There is this beautiful theme that you're offering us around coming home to self, considering what's true from the inside out, gathering the resources required to live into that truth. I can't thank you enough for being here. Tanika, thank you so much, so much. Thank you. That was such, I love good yummy combos. That was dope. All right, so I know you can't see me because this podcast is an audio platform, but I was nodding my head again and again when Tanika was speaking. Did you have that too? Did you have any head nodding moments? I think her approach to creating sanctuary for ourselves and within our community is so powerful for all of us that have been trying to do it all ourselves. And we know that that just isn't working anymore. So let's look at her question. What are you scared of? And what might be possible if you dare to lean towards having more support? I hope that you'll share the answer with that to me via review on iTunes. I love hearing what lands for you. This being a two-way conversation is so important to me. And I'd love to be able to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. And I highly encourage you to go connect with Tanika via her podcast, Mama Stay, or she's Tanika Ray on Instagram and Twitter. I'll also put links to all of her contact info right here in the show notes. 
And remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including your own pockets of sanctuary. And I'll see you next week for a very special last episode of the season. It's going to be a live recording of one of our podcast pajama parties where we got to do some hands-on work with real women ready for real rest. And today, as I'm recording this, the podcast pajama party hasn't even happened yet. So I'm just as excited and curious as you might be. I can't wait to listen in with you next week. I am so thankful that you are part of this messy and certainly magnificent community. Each episode here is only the beginning of our lifelong conversation together. Head on over to carlyfane.com for the full show notes from this episode and some extra special resources for high achievers that you won't find anywhere else.